here's what I want you to know. And it's going to be on the screen if you take notes. This is probably going to be our only point here this morning. And then we're going to see what happens. But I need you to know that every single one of you, no matter where you started from or where you came from or where you are even today, how even into this kind of stuff that we're talking about you are, I need you to know that you are priceless in his kingdom. I need every one of you to know that. If you don't leave here with anything else, I just need you to know that you are priceless in his kingdom. Like there is a value on your life that you do not even understand right now. And I'm not even sure that on this side of eternity, you can understand the value of your life. A lot of times in church, preachers like myself, we say these kind of things that Jesus died for you because you were a mess and you're evil and you're dirty and you just needed salvation and cleaning up. That's what we say. We try to make you feel as bad as you possibly can and tell you about Jesus, what he did for you on the cross. But instead, I truly believe that the Father is wanting us to know that we are so valuable and priceless and precious and worthy that that's why he sent his son Jesus to die for us. So it's sort of a shift in the way we think about even ourselves. And here in Scripture, I'm going to read this, and I know that many of you have read this before. I hate to say that I haven't camped very much in these verses I'm going to start at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in verse 11, look at this. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives to each one just as he determines. It's a big one. I underlined that sentence just as he determines. Verse 12, it says the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many, They form one body. Now, I'm not going here this morning. You can go down to the last part of this 12th chapter and see that the body that Paul is writing about here is us, the body of Jesus' people, the body of Christ, the church, all right? He says that they form one body, so it is with Christ. I'm going to skip to verse 14. Now, listen to this. It says, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would be not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. This is a lot of words. Paul got wordy here. He just had some caffeine. Verse 16 says, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, where is all this going? I wish I had time this morning to go around this room, and this would be sort of like a classroom setting where it would be interactive I'd love to know what some of you do for a living. I'd love to know what some of you think your gifts, your talents, your passions, let's go this way, your dreams, what you have seen. I would love to know what some of them are. But what I'm wanting to say to you this morning is that you, 
matter in the kingdom of God. Your talents, your giftings, your personality, who you are makes up what God is doing here, not only in this community, but across the world. You matter. You have something very special that God chose, as you heard me say, he chose to give it to you. You are priceless. See, we live in a culture that tells us just the opposite. We value life maybe at an all-time low minimum. But what the kingdom of God is wanting you to know is that you're priceless. And what you have been given, God is wanting to utilize it to move his kingdom forward. See, I've been afraid of some of the gifts and talents and passions that God has given me. I have sometimes a fear that comes upon me. We're going to talk about fear here in just a second. A fear that comes upon me that what I am doing, the enemy is actually hijacking my gifts and talents and passions and he is using them just in the opposite way that God would want them to be used. It's just one of my fears. For instance, what are you talking about, Scott? Confidence. Confidence comes from the Lord. Confidence in Christ does not come from the way I perform or do good things, but my confidence truly comes from knowing Jesus. The enemy has come in in recent months and he has sabotaged what Jesus has given me. The enemy has come in and tried to cut my legs out and say, no, you're not confident in Christ, but you are arrogant in your flesh. See how the enemy works? See, the enemy is always going to attack the truth that the Father God is sharing with you. Think about it. In your life, what you know God is fueling, the enemy is going to do the counteractive opposite and try to deflame what God is doing in your life. When I read these scriptures and Paul is saying, hey, listen, just because you're not an ear, it doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. Here's how it works in in community, in the Christian church, is that you don't have a gift to play an instrument or you don't have a gift to stand up and hold a microphone or you don't have a gift to, to do some other kind of leading. Then you just feel like an outcast. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit I think understands introverts. I honestly know that he understands introverts because I happen to think maybe he is an introvert as well. The Holy Spirit does not just go blabbing off at the mouth constantly. He doesn't speak all the time. He is not just saying things to be saying things. The Holy Spirit is the one who told James to write down, be slow to speak. James didn't come up that with his own. The Holy Spirit said, hey, James, I need you to write down and tell my people to be slow to speak. 
I don't know how the enemy is counteracting in your life what God is fueling, but I can almost tell you it's a good thing to recognize that he is trying to defuel or deflame what God is doing in your life. He's telling many people in the church today that you don't belong. They don't know your name. They don't recognize you. They don't know you. You might as well just whatever. No, you're priceless in his kingdom. He's given you a passion and a dream and a talent. And I honestly think that the Lord is wanting to reignite some of your dreams and passions and visions here this morning. Whether you believe you belong, whether you think you're worthy to belong or what is, he is wanting you to recognize that he has birthed something inside of you and he is wanting to set it ablaze. I believe there are dreams that are being dreamt within the people in this church that the enemy at some point in time has come in and quenched and it has caused us to retreat He's simply causing fear. He wants you to be afraid of that which God has blessed you with. Does that make sense? There's a story that Jesus tells in, um, let's let's just turn, where is it? It's in Matthew chapter 25. So one popular story that Jesus told. I love this story. I read it through different lenses today than I've ever read it. It's the parable of the talents. You know, it's the guy who went away, the master who went away, and he gave to one of his servants five talents. Here's the thing. Listen, this is the new lens that I read this through. He didn't give him five talents. He gave him unlimited talents. Talents is a chunk of money. Resources. He didn't give him just five He said, without saying it, you have unlimited access to what I have. That's how I read that today. Because if you'll read this story on, where we're going to not highlight this morning, but he actually ended up in this story with not five, not ten, but eleven. And the story stops there. I guarantee you this man who was given five talents sums of money that turned it into 10 that actually was given an 11th. I guarantee you he went out in not too much time and made it 22 and then 44. That's how God's kingdom works. He gives you a dream not so that you become famous, but so that you can help advance his kingdom. My passion. Listen, I told myself, Scott, I'm going to teach and I'm going to teach in this voice this morning. I can't. Because I get excited about this stuff. I am passionate about seeing you being a part of his advancing kingdom. Whether you come to this church, whether you tie to this church, whether you give to the hope dealer offering. Well, I hope you give to the hope dealer offering because somebody in this church is getting blessed. But I don't care if you come to this church, if you walk upright on two legs, I want you to know Jesus and what he is wanting to do through your life. I get excited about that. I'm tired of seeing negative, dark atmospheres dominate our society. 
And when you who love Jesus and have been baptized in the Holy Spirit walk into a room, now I'm preaching my sermon from last week, but when you walk into the room, negativity, darkness, heaviness leaves that place because you just ushered in Jesus Christ. What I want exposed here today is not the lie, but the truth. The enemy is trying to come and cause you to be afraid so you do nothing with what God has actually given you. That's the lie. Here's the truth. I mean, we see it in this Matthew chapter 25 story. We see it with what this master did with the guy who was turned five into 10. He got more, right? For those of you who have the fear that I've heard the lie, that you're going to mess this thing up and it's going to fizzle out. No, there's more to come. How about that? How about if we lived off of that truth instead of living off of fear that, oh, this thing may fizzle out? Look at this. Look at this in Scripture. Look at this, verse 28. It says, take the talent from him and give it to the one who had ten talents. Look at verse 29. Just this is it. This isn't prosperity theology. This is how the kingdom operates. You and I who have raised our hands say, we're living off of fear that this thing messes up or we'll break it and it's going to go downhill. Why in the world would I ever allow, and I'm preaching to myself, ever to be controlled by the fear that God and his movement may fizzle out? You see the 29th verse? Can I just read it off the screen? For everyone who has, you see that? We've been afraid of even teaching that because it sounds like a prosperity theology. Can I just tell you, there's a lot of prospering in the kingdom of God. We've got our definition of prospering based off of this earth and not his kingdom. For everyone who has been given more, And he will have, and a what? Mm. And I'm not even going to read the last sentence there. But in my Bible, in the 29th verse, for everyone who has will be given more. See, I want to live off of that truth. That right there does not cause me to fear. That gives me excitement. There's other fears that I'm not going to have time here this morning to say, but I just jotted some notes about my personal stuff. And if this is you, I want you to counteract it with the truth. I want you to know that fear is a false emotion. You know why it's false? It's because that does not exist in the kingdom of God. Fear does not exist in the kingdom of God. Therefore, it is a false emotion. But that's just like the enemy to grab a hold of something that doesn't even exist to bring you down. Fear will cause us to feel like a failure. Fear will keep you from experiencing the Father's fullness for you. And this is just me jotting stuff down. I don't know how you write notes, but this is how I jot it down as the Lord speaks. When I am feeling fearful, 
I'm putting more faith in events and emotions and people than I am the Father and what he has promised. To the person in here that falls into any of those categories of truth that I just read to you, fear is false. You're not a failure. And you are very worthy. Why in the world would the scriptures tell us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made by the Father? See, his fear and the world's fear are two different things. He made us. He created us in our mother's womb to be someone who is a part of what he is doing. You are valuable. You're actually priceless. You are a part of what his kingdom is doing no matter what the enemy is telling you, no matter what fear is causing you to believe. So I don't know what your next step is because I'm not here to tell you what your next step is. But I'm here just to prod you into if you have buried what God has given you for whatever reason, maybe fear is not your reason. Listen, I'll just call one out. Maybe you don't think you have the finances to do or be what God has called you to be. But if you have buried anything that the Father has given you, today, today is the day it gets dug up. And it gets relit and it comes back to life. There's a passage of scripture I'm just going to let us soak in for just a couple of minutes. And I just want you to just, I don't know if you want to kneel down, if you want to just sit there, whatever posture you want to be in. Maybe you want to stand up. Whatever it is, I want you to be in a posture that receives what I'm getting ready to read you. I'm reading it over you. And whatever the Father asks of you, all I'm going to ask is, is will you do it? Will you just take a step of faith? Even if you don't see it, even if you don't feel it, will you just do whatever he's asking you to do? And this is a passage of scripture that I'm going to read from. It's a different version of the Bible that I have. It's Psalm 139. You can turn there. Psalm 139, I'm going to read like two or three verses. And it's an invitation says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways the path that brings me back to you
Again, I just pray this over you. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you.